Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Metcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode number four. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Relationships Made Easy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf, and uh, I'm all about changing relationships, even if your partner or the other person won't do a thing. It's all about making changes in your life and your relationships all on your own. You can do it. And I'm going to give you the tips and tools and tricks and strategies and everything else in this podcast for getting that done. And today is no exception. It's one of my favorite topics to talk about. And that is self-awareness. Yes, it is the most important thing in your relationship. The most important thing in your relationship is self-awareness, is being in charge of you. Once you do that, the rest really flows, I have to tell you. And I'm going to tell you how today. Well, I'm going to go into a few things. One is I'm going to tell you my top four reasons for why self-awareness is the most important thing in your relationship. And then we're going to go into some ways to actually be more self-aware because as you know, I love giving you great information and all the latest research, but if you don't know what to do with it at the end, I don't really personally know what all the good is of hearing all the information other than... Yeah, it's nice to be um, educated about different kinds of things, but I really uh, like to be able to operationalize what I learn. That's my my biggie. So I preach self-awareness constantly. You might be sick of hearing it. I don't know. It's something that I talk about in so many different ways. and But I, I do it because it's so important and people keep missing it. It is, I tell you all the time that changing your relationships doesn't have to be this arduous, horrible, painful task. It really doesn't. But you do have to do certain things, certain specific things to make changes. You, you got to do them. And this is one of them. Without a doubt, this is one of them. So, you know, 
I'm hoping to give you the information if I give you these reasons why self-awareness is the most important thing in your relationship, that I'm hoping that you'll take it to heart and actually go, oh, I, I see why now. I see the value because I see the why, and now I'll do the things that Abby says to do. Now, now I'll do my homework. Um, so number one reason why self-awareness is the most important thing in your relationship, and that's because happiness with yourself equals happiness with other people. I say all the time, you can't have a healthy relationship with others until you have a healthy relationship with yourself. However you act with others, however far deep, whatever that's going to be, is really on you and how you're doing, where you're stuck, what your stuff is. We really like in general to blame other people for whatever our lot is in life or for whatever's going on in our relationships or whatever it is. We love to look at the other person. And we do that, obviously, because it it makes them have to do something and us off the hook. We don't have to do anything. And I got lots of clients that come in and go, I know I'm not perfect, but... So they'll then go into what their partner's doing. And I say, yeah, okay, I'm glad you realize you're not perfect. So that's great that your partner's doing X, Y, and Z, or that's terrible, sorry, that your partner's doing X, Y, and Z, but we can't change your partner. They're not in the room. So so what are you going to do around this? What are you going to do to be different? And there are always, always, did I say always? Let me say it again. Always choices you have about how you are with your partner, about being in the relationship at all, Um, And if you are in it, how to be different, how to be uh, a different kind of partner. And as I say over and over, and you know it's true, that as you change your behaviors, actions, and thoughts, your partner will change too. There's no two ways about it. But to to go at it as they need to change and waiting for them to change, then, that, then, it'll, then you'll change. That's the problem. And I call that, as you know, relationship gridlock, and that's when we get really stuck. So self-awareness is the key to realizing at the end of the day that you're responsible for your own happiness. Your partner is not. It is not their job to make you happy. They don't make you anything. You're a grown-up, and if you're listening to this, and it's your job, that's an inside job, of course. So the more you feel you need to focus on your partner, the more you need to focus on yourself, your own actions, your thoughts, your intentions. I say this to folks all the time. It's a great kind of canary in the coal mine sort of thing. As you're going through your day and you keep thinking, oh, he needs to do this. She should do that. He he never blah, blah, blah. She always blah, blah, blah. If you're in that head, I want you to immediately notice it and come back to yourself and go, okay, I'm all about them and what they're doing. What am I doing? So you do that though, and this is what's so hard. You're often off in your head all the time thinking about (laughs) your partner and the crappy things they're doing, and you don't know you're doing it. You don't notice it. Uh, So you have to, you do this, you notice it by learning to train your attention to be in the moment and not in what's happened in the past or what you think might happen in the future, none of that, but to actually be on what's going on in the moment. And I'm, again, going to give you some tools at the end of this uh, broadcast today for how to do that. So number one reason that self-awareness is the most important thing in your relationship is because when you're happy with yourself, you'll be happy with the other people in your life or happier, I should say. Reason number two, I say this a lot, distraction is the cancer of your relationship. Distraction is at the core of why you're unhappy in your any of your relationships. But you know, we'll talk about your romantic one today. 
The obstacle to being and thinking in the here and now is distraction. That's our obstacle. That's what gets in the way. We are thinking of other things. We're not in our moments. And the and this distraction is the termites eating at the foundation of your relationship. So I'm going to give you an example right now. I know you've had this happen. You're, what, you're sitting at home and your partner walks in the house and you're making dinner or you're watching TV and you don't stop to greet them right? And you're distracted. So you're, you know, you're, I don't know what you're doing in the moment. You're, (laughs) you're, let's say you are cooking dinner or, and you're thinking about probably you're cooking dinner and thinking about, oh, I have to do A, B, and C to get all this together. Or you're watching TV and you're just engrossed in that. Or you're online, maybe answering emails when your partner gets home and you're in whatever thing you're doing. Um, Again, you're, might, you're probably mind-wandering even within the thing you're doing. You're probably not even fully focused on whatever you're doing. If you're watching TV, you're likely also answering your emails or also playing a game on your phone or something else. You know, you're, you're doing a few things. Maybe you're folding laundry while you listen to a podcast. Maybe you're making dinner, but you're also thinking about, oh, I got to go remember to get the kids a uh, soccer uniform. I got to remember to wash this or do that. We, this is generally what's happening. So... Then your partner walks in and you don't even stop to greet them. You don't even stop what you're doing to, you know, uh, connect or anything else. And instead you sort of give the throwaway line, hey, how was your day? (laughs) Which gives them, they're distracted. They walk in the door, they're thinking about work or the commute home or the fact that they're starving or they want a drink or God knows what else, right? And they're distracted and they answer with the usual, uh, uh, it was, oh, it was fine. You know, it was good, good, fine. Or uh, a terrible day at work. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. You might even, if they said that, which would at least be a little here and now, you might say, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, and that's it. <laughs> what I want you to do instead now, again, and you're off somewhere else, they're off somewhere else. And then maybe they come in the kitchen and say, um, Hey, did you call the gardener? You know, did you, did you find out about getting that tree cut down outside? Something like that. Some job that's been going on around the house. You're distracted. You're not really thinking. And you realize that you forgot to call this gardener person about the tree. So you get all defensive. You're like, well, I didn't have time today. I was doing A, B, C, D. I was this, I was that. I I didn't. And you start getting on them. Or maybe you did call the person to fix the tree and you told them about it on Monday and it's now Wednesday and you're pissed. Oh, you never listened to me. I already told you this on Monday. I already said this. Why do I talk when you won't listen? Does any of this sound familiar? I know it does because you guys write in with this stuff. So, and I, I see it in the couples I work with. Either way, all of that is because of this distraction. All of that is because you were somewhere else wandering. Your mind was somewhere else instead of where it needs to be, right? Instead of in, in the moment. You want to act, not react. And you can't do that if you're distracted. You're reacting. Remember means again. You're, you're acting again like in an old way. You're basing it on past behavior. You say things like, you never listen to me. You always whatever. This is not about the here and now. What we know is that so, so many studies have shown a really high correlation between some kind of attention training or you know, a mindfulness practice and an improved, more satisfying relationship. Couples report more closeness, better communication, a greater acceptance of one another when both or one of them are involved in some kind of attention training. So, and in fact, even when couples do experience conflict, those who use attention training say they feel less stressed in those moments, so their fights are shorter and less harmful. Now, 
<laughs> be this is right this is happening all the time because you're making these choices in the moment to not be in the moment. Now I say the word choice very much on purpose. You make choices, but you're not even aware that you're making choices. You're making bad choices, you know, unhealthy ones, but you, you just are doing them. You're like sleepwalking through your day. You're going from one thing to another. You're sort of on autopilot. And really what the mindfulness does is it dehypnotizes you. Being self-aware, being in your moment dehypnotizes you. So when your partner walks in the door uh, instead of just doing whatever you were doing, what if you what if you turned off the burner, put the food on the back burner for a minute? What if you shut down your email, got off your ass, walked in the other room, and said, "Hey, good to see you." Connect with them, give them a kiss, maybe even make out for a minute. Really say hello, connect. It will take all of one to two minutes, literally, of your time just to connect with them. And then you can go back to whatever you were doing. I promise it'll still be there. I don't know how rushed you think you are that you can't stop and give your partner one to two minutes. And if you are that rushed that you can't, that's a big problem in your life. You need to rework. Again, make new choices. These are choices. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, they're not choices. I have to get Bobby to soccer practice and, and, uh, you know, my daughter Jane needs to go to softball and I still have to pick up her cleats on the way and I haven't finished washing your uniform and I haven't this and this has to happen and dinner has to be on the table. I don't have time to stop because all these things are in line. You got to think to yourself, look at your priorities. Look at your priorities. Your partner isn't even in that list anywhere. And you're expecting to have a happy marriage, a happy relationship, a happy partnership. How is that possible when they're not even a remote priority? Again, two minutes, two minutes. You can make them a priority for two friggin' minutes. It's just not that much. And again, you need to rework your day if there's no room for that. So maybe that meant that you couldn't have a homemade meal that night. Maybe that meant that you would, uh, yeah, you know, order in or, or get one of those meal delivery services, or I don't know. Maybe that means that you need someone to help drive your kids. Maybe you need to hire someone to drive the kids to practice or get, or ask, I have a kids in softball and baseball right now. <laughs> That's depending on when you're listening to this podcast, I'm, I'm recording it in the spring and, uh, I, it's so busy at my house right now with getting people where they need to be. But I carpool with other people. I'm like, hey, if you, can you pick up the girls and I'll, I'll drive later and, and, you know, pick them up from practice if you can drive them to practice, whatever. I do that all the time. I've missed the first, you know, half hour of my daughter's softball game or my son's baseball game because I just, there were other things that needed to happen. And although these things are very important, they are softball and baseball games. At the end of the day, they won't die because I missed a few minutes of their game. It's okay. (laughs) And sometimes, again, if I get there and I'm happier and more calm and I've gotten things done that I need to get done so I can really be focused when I'm there, what a a great thing. As opposed to sitting there with my laptop doing work because I was rushing or whatever, or I'm on my phone the whole time. If you're going to your kid's game and you're on your phone the entire time, and I see you, I see you parents, I'm sitting at the game next to you and I see you on your phone the whole time. I don't know why you think, that's any better. Like, be at the game. You're at the game. Focus on the game. Now, by the way, other parents are listening going, hey, Abby, I've seen you on your phone at the practice. <laughs> and you'd be right, because I'm not perfect either. <laughs> and so, but I'm saying to you, but I know when I'm doing it, and I 
I'm very purposeful and I stop, you know, so, and I, cause, and I know I'm doing it. I know it's not the right thing to do. I know I should be fully there. And I will say, by the way, if I'm at a practice versus a game, it's very different to me. I don't need to watch her whole practice. I'm fine doing work at a practice and maybe just looking up or yelling or whatever. But at a game, I do try to be uh, fully aware in there. So all distraction, distraction is the termites eating at the corner, the foundations of your relationship. And I really need you to look at that to be aware that you've got to really focus. It, it, when we're not, people end up feeling unappreciated, unloved, and dismissed, right? They just do. So getting out of distraction is critical to keep a healthy, connected, and happy relationship. It, it really is. Now, again, all you would have to do is just focus in the moment and just really be there. The, it's said over and over that the most precious thing you can give another person, the most valuable, valuable thing you can give another person is your attention. Think of how you feel when someone gives you their undivided attention, really gives it to you. I don't mean just looks at you. I mean, asks questions, you know, is clearly listening to what you're saying and they're asking something back. You feel so connected. You feel so grateful. You feel appreciated, loved, all that good crap. Okay. All that good stuff. Well, guess what? Other people feel the same way when you do it. I know. Shocking, right? Okay. So I promised you four reasons. I've given you one and two. Reason number three, that self-awareness is the most important thing in your relationship. Drum roll, please. And this is a big one is if you're self-aware, you'll remember to use your tools. I actually think this is the number one reason if you really want one. So think about this. Is this the first thing you have ever learned about how to be happy in a relationship? Is is this the first thing you've ever listened to? Is this the first uh, book? You know, have you never read a book before? Have you never watched a TED talk? Have have you never listened to another podcast? I find that really hard to believe. I am sure you've done other things to learn how to be happy in a relationship or how to be happy, period. And my guess is that you've already learned, right, these different tools to stop fights, to, you know, reignite passion, improve communication. But I want you to stop and think for a moment, what's happened when you've been in a fight or stressful situation with your partner? Did you remember to use the great tool you learned or tools or strategies or tips? Did you remember them? Probably not. And that's because you forget all the great stuff you've learned and react with the same old responses, words, or actions when you're in that scary moment. In the moments when you need those healthy tools the most, you forget them. You forget to use them. And that keeps you stuck in old cycles or you know patterns because you're distracted and you quote unquote forget. How many people out there are listening going, yeah, I forget to say X when my partner does whatever. I forget to think Y when, you know, my partner does this. Self-awareness is the key to this door you've been unable to open. It is the one. So again, this self-awareness, attention training, mindfulness, meditation, whatever you want to call it, I like the attention training. I really like those that term uh, because it, and I did not coin it, but I love it because it's all about that. It's about training your attention to be in the moment, to be with this person right now. Now you got to remember, so when you're in a fight with your partner, let's say you guys are arguing, your part of your brain, this is what's so important. The part of your brain called your amygdala, which is all in charge of your fear and aggression, that part of your brain is lit up. And that's the part of your brain that you share with uh, reptiles. It's called your reptilian brain also, your limbic system. And you've got this little thing in there, the amygdala, this little part of your limbic system that's, is, whose job is 
all about watching for threats to 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 your body, to you. And it sees when you and your partner are fighting, it sees that as a threat. It sees that as something scary, something bad. So the only things your amygdala knows how to do are the only things a snake knows how to do, fight, flight, or freeze, right? So to fight with your partner back, to argue or be defensive, to flee, to run away, to somehow escape the situation, to however you do that, to get the heck out of there and not really deal, or to freeze. Some of you freeze. Some of you just you know, stay really still like a snake and hope the danger will pass and not see you. And that's really the super passive stuff. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Whatever you want. Yeah. mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Whatever you say. That's that stuff. I don't care as long as you're happy, whatever that crap is. That's, that's freezing. That's just, just again, hoping the danger will go away and the other person will make a choice, which will help you not make a choice. That's, that's the choice, right? That's the action. You're in action. So, when all these things uh, happen, the fight, flight, or freeze, you get very, as you might imagine, uh, disconnected from the moment, number one, and you're only thinking of those things. Now, the part of your brain where your memory is, where your, I should say, your um, healthy memory, your your negative memories are also housed in your amygdala. They're housed, I know, scary. So that part of your brain will remember very easily any bad thing that's ever happened before. Oh, last time we fought, we he ended up saying he was going to leave me. Or last time we fought, you know, it'll remember every bad last fight and all the bad things that could happen or will happen. It, it tells you it will happen, even though that's not true. All that's going on in your head. And you can't access literally, and I mean that, I don't mean can't, like won't, I mean can't. You cannot access the part of your brain where these tools are held, (laughs) where these wonderful tools that you learn when you were calm and you were listening to my podcast or you were, you know, went to that workshop or you read that blog post or you went to couples therapy, any of that stuff. When you learn those tools, when you're in the heat of a battle, when you're in the heat of a moment of something negative, when right when you need those tools, your that part of your brain is not accessible. And the only part that is accessible is this limbic, is this amygdala, which is telling you to fight, flight, or flees. It's not telling you, hey, let's stop. Let's be thoughtful. Hmm. How do I feel right now? What should I do about this? Oh, remember what did my therapist say? Yeah, that ain't happening. And you know it's not because you've been in this situation a hundred times. Now, the difference is if you practice self-awareness, if you've been practicing keeping your brain in your moments, when your partner, let's say, comes at you with something, like my example earlier about, hey, did you call the the gardener about the tree that has to come down, whatever, when that happens, you will actually stop and your brain, because it's like a practice, your brain is what we call neuroplastic. It will change with experience. And so the more you practice being in the moments, being in your, in centered, really, really being part of yourself in a moment and not being in the past or the future, but being in the moment, the more you practice that, the better your brain gets at that. So instead, you would notice when your partner said that, ooh, that made me feel a little defensive. You, you have sort of a third-party awareness. It's like your, they call it meta-awareness. It's like being above yourself looking down. It's amazing when it happens. It's awesome. So you'll notice that you're feeling, oh, oh, I feel, I'm feeling a little, oh no, I'm feeling some defense, but he really just asked me this question. Let me just answer. I don't have to go there. And, and you can actually answer in a different way. You really can. You can think 
with that other part of your brain and access those tools. Oh, Abby says I shouldn't be defensive and I can just answer the question. Or, wow, I'm really feeling pissed that I already told him this on Monday and he forgot already, but you know, that's not really going to help my situation to tell him how pissed I am about this. And is it really that important? Does it really matter that much that he forgot? You know, he's busy. uh, He's been working so hard lately. He has that big project at work. I don't know, whatever you want to tell yourself. Is it really that big a deal to tell him again? Uh, yeah, you know, I did mention on Monday, I get, you can even say it that way. I, oh, I told you Monday, I guess you forgot. It's fine. Um, he, the gardeners come, the guy's coming to pull out the tree on Friday. I don't know. You can do things differently. Remember, you can even say things that you would normally say, but if you say them with a different tone, a different energy in your voice, it certainly gets received very differently. And when you're self-aware, you can remember to use these tools. You can remember to slow down to really hear yourself, to really check in with how you're feeling before you respond to your partner. Okay. Now, number four, the number four reason, (laughs) the fourth reason and the last reason that I want you to realize that self-awareness is the number one thing in your relationship, the number one most important thing. So remember, uh, number one was because if you're happy with yourself, you'll be happy with others. Number two is because distraction is the cancer of your relationship. Number three is, and probably the most important, is you'll remember to use your tools if you're mindful and self-aware. And number four is you'll be happier. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You'll be happier. You. You will be happier. Research has shown many, many benefits from meditating, mindfulness, right? Just taking a few minutes a day to check in with yourself There's increased immunity, lower blood pressure, better sleep, better mental health, feelings of increased well-being. I could go on. But there's another super important thing it brings, which is happiness in your relationship. Again, regularly checking in, mindfulness meditation helps you notice the more positive things in your life and relationship. This, This is key. So uh, John Gottman, the marriage expert from New York, who I quote all the time, who I love, he, his research has shown that in a romantic relationship, five positive things have to happen for every one negative thing for the marriage to feel just good, just good. This is called the five to one ratio. Okay. This five to one ratio, <laughs> crazy, right? <laughs> so for every one crappy thing you do, you have to do five fabulous things just for your partner to think the relationship is just okay. Not great, just good. Just, just even keel. When you're mindful, 
what any kind of mindfulness practice helps bring that five to one ratio down to a less skewed level. So you're seeing more positives in the relationship because you're really back down there. In the example I just gave, if you were, if you had, you know, you're upset about your partner not remembering that you told them about the person coming to pull out the tree on Friday, you would think, like I just said, oh, you know, he's been working really hard lately. Gosh, you know, he works so hard for our family. I'm so appreciative. You know, if you ask more than once about the tree, it's, it's what it is, you know, whatever. Do you see the difference? I'm now turning something that was negative into a positive, at the very least into something neutral. And that helps this, this skewed uh, ratio. Now, Another reason this five to one ratio exists is what neuroscientist Evian, Evian Gordon, I always say his first name wrong, sorry, uh, where is he from? The University of Sydney. He calls the, the minimize danger and maximize reward principle of the brain. And, you know, and it's just something I've mentioned in other broadcasts and other things, but the brain is all about getting to rewards and avoiding threats. That's its job. But the brain is much more motivated to avoid threats than to go after the good stuff. So in the end, our brains respond way more strongly to negative experiences than to positive ones. So, you know, an obvious, easy example of this is if you were to walk into work and you walk past the receptionist that you've been walking past every morning when you go into work, you see the receptionist. And let's say he, it's a he, and he smiles at you every morning. He looks up and he kind of gives you a little smile and he goes back to work. So you walk by, you will not register that much at all in your in your head. You really won't. You'll just keep walking. You probably won't even really think that you noticed. Now, let's say you walk by one day, you're going into work, going into the office, and the receptionist looks looks up, but he gives you kind of a slight frown or maybe a worried look instead, and then he goes back to work. Now, <laughs> objectively, believe it or not, these are about the same. Whether he gave you a slight smile or a slight frown, it's really, this, this person is not involved in your life. There may be, you know, maybe it's the security person at the building, whatever. There's nothing here for you. However, and you know this is true, you're laughing right now in your head because you know you'll think about that frown all day, all day. You'll think about that little look. The You'll probably even call a girlfriend at lunch and go, hey, uh, Sam downstairs gave me a funny look when I came in. Or you'll tell your boss or you'll tell a coworker or you'll talk about it. But you'll never talk about, hey, Sam gave me a little smile when I walked in today, like he always does. <laughs> you, you would not have registered that. Negative experiences impact, uh, impact us much more strongly and last much longer than positive ones do. That's, at the end of the day, what it is. So we take a lot for granted that are neutral in our lives, and that's a problem. You know. So for right now, let's say you're not in pain, but you're not thinking about the fact that you're not in pain. You, you don't notice it. But if you were in pain right now, it's probably all you'd be thinking about or the one thing you'd keep coming back to. Um, if you're hungry, that's the only thing you can focus on is being hungry. But when you have food and when you've eaten, we don't necessarily see that as like a positive. Uh, you know, all the things that are neutral in your life, your partner cooking dinner, taking out the garbage, having a car to get you where you want to go, all of these things tend to be very neutral. And in mindfulness practice, when you're self-aware, these things become causes of satisfaction. They become, you feel calm or happiness instead of just feeling neutral because you stop taking them for granted. You start putting them in the plus column instead of them being in the neutral column or God forbid, a negative column. We become grateful and appreciative. Pleasant experiences become even more pleasant because our attention is fully there to appreciate them. (sighs) 
And so these are all the reasons why I harp on self-awareness nonstop. (laughs) I am always on your butt about it, as you know. So now again, I've been using a lot of terms sort of interchangeably. And basically, self-awareness is, again, this attention training. It's just that. It's training your attention so it doesn't wander all over the place. And I, you know, I do want to throw in here really quick before I move on that there's um, the work of uh, Matt Killingsworth, and he's a researcher who, he has a trackyourhappiness.org, I think it's called. Um, really great researcher, awesome TED Talk on happiness and all that good stuff. But basically, he says that the content of our moment-to-moment experiences is what makes us happy, not the major conditions of our lives. So, and what his research has found, and it's very robust research in over, I think it's over 80 countries, he's uh, people in over like 80 occupations, every different race, ethnicity you can imagine, age groups. It's, it's really robust, amazing research with huge sample sizes. What they found is that when you allow your mind to wander, it's more predictive than money regarding your happiness. So in other words, your wandering mind and allowing it to do so will make you more happy or unhappy than having money or not having money. How do you like that? It, it's incredible. And what his research shows is that our minds wander about 47% of the time. About 47% of the time, you're thinking about something other than what you're doing. That number goes up and down depending on what you're doing. So it goes really high when you're doing things up to about 65% when you're doing things like showering, you know, brushing your teeth, that kind of stuff. And the lowest it goes is about 10% when you're having sex. And I hope for all of you, right, when you're having sex, you're very focused, you're really, you know, you're focused in on a certain area, uh, really important. So you're, but this wandering mind really does make you unhappy because you tend to focus, like I just said, on the negatives. You tend to be thinking when your mind wanders about the bad things, not the good things, again, because of the way we're built. So getting in charge of your head really makes you happier overall. And again, you know, makes you, makes your relationship better without a doubt. So training your attention, learning to keep it where you want it, not allowing it to wander all over the place. So when any negative thoughts comes into your mind, they, they, they can run wild. They trigger destructive emotions. You think about it. You get resentment, fear, depression, hopelessness, hate, anxiety, all the good stuff, right? Mental training of any kind allows you to identify and control those thoughts, which allows you to control your emotions because you feel the way you think. If you want to change your feelings, you've got to get a handle on your thoughts. Being mindful allows you to see yourself and your emotions objectively. It allows you to step back. It creates something called response flexibility, which is basically your ability to, you know, pause before you act or respond to something. It's the ability to act, not react again, that thing. So John Kabat-Zinn, pretty famous uh, mindfulness guy, he defines uh, mindfulness, he's the big guru on it, as paying attention in a particular way on purpose in the present moment and non-judgmentally. There you go. The non-judgmental part is probably the hardest <laughs> because a lot of times you'll notice, you'll, as you do this work, you'll start to notice what you're thinking or feeling. But when you do, you end up pissed at yourself like, oh, why was my mind over there again? Oh, what? well, I'm so stupid. Why do I keep thinking about blah, blah, blah? Yeah, stop that. Stop that. The, the judgmental part is really nasty. We don't want that. 
And your brain has this incredible capacity to change and adapt. We Again, we call that neuroplasticity, This your brain's ability for this. So it your brain's phys, physiology changes depending on what you're doing, thinking, and how you're interacting with your environment. Your brain is dynamic. And from the time it give, begins to develop until you die, it remodels itself in response to your experiences. So in other words, your brain is not a done deal. It rewires itself and changes physically all the time. What you focus on creates these new neural pathways, these new connections in your mind and thoughts. We say a lot that cells that fire together, wire together. So the big question is, what are you wiring? If you're constantly, if every time your partner walks in the door, every time they walk in and you go, oh God, I hope we don't fight or you're walking on eggshells or whatever it is, guess what's getting wired? Yeah. You're wiring together your partner in these negative emotions every time. You got to get in front of that. You have to get somewhere else with that. You can flip the script too. You can use this knowledge for good, right? So for example, focusing on being generous with your partner will physically change your brain too. Richard Davidson is a, a very prominent neuroscience professor at the University of uh, Wisconsin-Madison, and he's been working with monks who meditate on compassion, love, and generosity for many, many years. And what he found was that the, these monks had actually altered the structure and function of their brains. So his research shows that the best way to activate positive emotion circuits in the brain is through generosity. There are systematic changes in the brain that are definitely associated with acts of generosity. He's found that over and over again in his research. So imagine training yourself to focus on being compassionate, generous, and patient with your partner and yourself, right? The more you do it, the more the brain will wire itself in that way and the easier it's going to become. So generosity to me is one of the first things you could focus on when we talk about what to do, because that's where we're going now, right? You always have to leave my podcast with a what to do. What can I do today, Abby? How can I change all this? This is great, all this self-awareness stuff, but what now? Well, first things first, you can set intention to be generous. I would set an intention to be generous. And remember, I talk about setting intention a lot, but I'm going to repeat it again here. Basically, all you do to set intention is to think it. <laughs> what I like to do is when I set intention is I generally do a shoulder shrug first. I've talked about a shoulder shrug in a million different ways. And again, it's been researched. It's not just me coming up with this idea. Basically what you do is you have to do it a certain way is that you shrug your shoulders all the way up to your ears, like push, push, push your shoulders all the way up to your ears. Do that. You can do it while you're listening. It won't hurt you. And then push them up, push them up, and then push your shoulders back and push your wings on your back, your scapula, push those together, the wings on your back. Push them, push them together while you're keeping your chest high and up and out, but push, push, push back, and then just drop your shoulders. Just spend a couple seconds in each position, drop your shoulders. What you're going to find right away is that you feel more relaxed because you were raising your shoulders and didn't realize it. We raise our shoulders all day long. And I've said this once, I've said it a thousand times, when you raise your shoulders, your brain thinks you're going to fight. So it starts to breathe from your chest. When you start to breathe from your chest, you start to release something called cortisol, which is a stress-inducing hormone. When you do the shoulder shrug, you stop that. You release the tension in your shoulders, you push them down, and this cortisol stops getting released, which is amazing. Now, you're releasing these tiny bits of the stress-inducing hormone all day long with your, with your shoulders up. So if you just 
take your shoulders, put them down, (laughs) do that shoulder shrug, and then set an intention. Okay, here I am in the here and now. Before I walk in my house, before I walk into work, before I pick up my kids from school, whatever, you you can do this as many times a day as you want. You would say, I'm going to be generous with them. I am going to be patient. I'm going to be kind. Whatever you want to set. I would say generosity is a really good one. How can you be generous? How can you be giving? How can you be of service? That is always one of the best ways to come into the world and come into life in any way is with those thoughts in mind. Now, I set intention quite a few times a day. My favorite times are whenever I leave my car. So, and it's really helpful if you if you link setting intention to a certain time. Now, what I do with my clients when they first come to me is I tell them I want them to set the reminder on their phone for three times a day and do it then. So set your, and you can do that. You can set the reminder on your phone for, you know, 8 a.m., 1 p.m., and 5 p.m., however you want to do it. It doesn't it matter if you're going to be busy during that time or doing something. As a matter of fact, that's probably the best time to do it. So don't try to set it when you know you're free. That That's not really the point. The point is to stop yourself when you're busy from being on autopilot, from being just in, you're hypnotized. You're just in that little state. You're going on. You really want to stop, de-hypnotize yourself. You want to pull yourself off of autopilot. So doing that when you're busy is really the best time because you start to train your brain. Remember that neuroplasticity. You're starting to train your brain to notice when it's on autopilot. And that's really where the money is. That's where it all happens. So set the alarm on your phone or the reminder on your phone for a few times a day. Set in, Do a shoulder shrug and set intention. It'll take... I've timed it. It takes me a, less than a minute. So it takes me about... 40 seconds total. How do you like that? 40 seconds. I find it hard to believe you don't have 40 friggin' seconds. Give me a break. And if, again, if you don't, there's bigger problems in your life than this. You, you need to create this. You need to make this choice. You need to put this front and center and make it a priority. So you can also set intention every time before you eat. People used to call this praying, praying when they ate. Just set intention. That's really what praying was, right? It was a way to bring you to when you eat. Every, you know, you eat a few times a day. So at least a few times a day, you're bringing yourself to center. You're being grateful, you know, thinking of what you're, uh, what's good in your world. You're being appreciative. It's brilliant. It's really brilliant. So you can call it prayer. You can call it just being appreciative or grateful. I don't really care, but it'll work the same way. So you can stop to bring yourself into the present right before you go to sleep. Again, right before you walk in the house or walk into work, you just pick a thing. Don't pick everything. Pick a thing. Go, you know what? Every time I eat, I can do that. Or every time I get in the car, I can do that. Or before I leave the car, I can do it or whatever. But just pick when it is. Or you know what? I'll never remember. Let me just set the thing up, my reminders on my phone for three times a day. And when it happens, do the shoulder shrug and really set intention. Okay. That's it. That's it for today, today's podcast. I want to thank you again for being with me. I know you have a lot of choices in your day of how you spend your time. And it. I just get so excited doing this. I love your comments. One more time, you can always comment to uh, me, uh, Abby at abbymedcalf.com. You can leave comments on the website. Uh, again, go to abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast where you'll find this podcast. If you want to look at the show notes, or uh, there's always a free download on there, something you can use to better your life. Uh, If you want to turn someone else onto it, or again, if you want to leave a comment, that's the place to do it. All right. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll see you or talk to you on the next one. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.